Richard from Iowa says, What happened to your first few episodes? Everything was crappy audio and some guy droning on and on about these quote thought experiments that seemed to have shifted and went away and been replaced by somewhat attempts at a polished show with real guests. Well, don't worry, good sir. I'm Justin Perkins, and this is Talk Junkie, and I can give you just that. Here we are, road noise, crappy quality, no guest, on the road, thinking. The reason I started podcasting. And you know, I've, I've battled back and forth over what I should do and what I shouldn't do and how I should approach the show and how I shouldn't approach it and what emails I should listen to and what emails I shouldn't. You know, it's it's a long, uh, tiresome process. And then um, <clears throat> a gentleman named Carlos from podstatus.com sent me an email um, hello, how's it going? Hope all is well. I have some cool information that might interest you. Your podcast talk junkie has good performance and three Apple podcast rankings in the last 30 days. Position 66 in, let's see, position 66 in the category society and culture. Uh, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. I'm apparently doing pretty well. Um, but my numbers are up all the way around. But this is the thing. My numbers are up really good for my old shows. And the old shows were fun. And now I've got Retro Cult, the other podcast. I can talk about the things that apparently the people on Talk Junkie don't want to hear about. And I can do the things that are fun there. I try to make it a little more professional show. It's always got attempts to always have video. I'm trying to get better sound. Blah, 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 blah. Check out Retro Cult. It's on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, all that stuff if that's what you want to hear. Um, going to get a lot of stuff out of the way right off. First things first. My books, Cold Kingdom, and Creating Perfect Slaves, uh, along with my two children's books um, that I wrote with my son, Everyone is Different Just Like Me and The Boy with Super Hearing, are all still available. I believe the children's books may only be on Amazon.com, but check with the Red Spotted Newton Hazard, Kentucky first. That's R-E-A-D, Red Spotted Newton Hazard, Kentucky. Check with them first. As for the two poetry books, you will get them cheaper from the Red Spotted Newton than you will from Amazon, even with Prime. I price it that way because I can, because I like to see local businesses grow. Um, podcast I recommend and podcast I listen to. I'm from Eastern Kentucky. And I often spotlight a lot of those podcasts, but often spotlight a lot of more mainstream podcasts. And today I'm I'm keeping it local. Check out Here's Chew Bubblegum with Goose and Dirty Dan. Check out The Spooky Family. Check out The Paranormal Trucker on YouTube. Check out Seth's Daily Podcast on YouTube. Check out Mountain Mysteries. Check out Down on the Holler with Jordan and Brad. Check out the 13th floor. I'm weird about that one possibly being a local podcast, but uh, it's just a really good podcast. All three members are from Kentucky, not local to my area, but a different part of Kentucky. Two of them don't live there any longer, but just a phenomenal podcast. Well put together, good chemistry, great show. I like it. 
I'm probably leaving somebody out, but this one's not rehearsed. This one's not written down. This one's old school the way I used to do it. You can hear my tires winding away uh, despite the headset. It still picks them up, and apparently that doesn't bother the majority of you, and it's evident. It's evident in a lot of things, the numbers that my old episodes do, and it's evident in the email and a lot of other things, and I've got a lot of email, a lot of email I've not had a chance to touch, and I won't get to it all today. But there's certain ones, and there's a lot of topics that apparently are just really, really on people's minds. Uh, Brad, Lizzie, and I wrote that down. Could be Michael, could be Michelle, um, because if anyone's ever read my writing, sometimes I don't finish the ends of words because I have ADD and I just keep going. So whoever you may be, they all basically had the same email and the same question. Uh, with so much attention on your part paid to the inaccuracy of the news and how poor a job they do, why right now are you not just attacking between the Joe Rogan deal and and all these different things? Look, let me start out by saying this. I do not get my health and and medical information from Joe Rogan. I wouldn't recommend it. And I, I know for a fact, based on listening to him, he most definitely wouldn't recommend it. So if you're going to the Joe Rogan pass, podcast for medical advice, you're missing the point and you're listening for the wrong reason. Go listen to a Joey Coco Diaz episode or, or something like that and understand what the podcast really is. Or go listen to uh, an episode he done with Dr. Randall Carlson and understand what the episode really is. He has an opinion. But he also has a personal situation. But it doesn't make him my medical advisor. Now, despite being more qualified, I'm also not going to listen to Dr. Sanjay Gupta for medical advice. I have doc- I have a doctor. I know other local doctors. There's a lot of research out there. I, I don't need to do that. <clears throat> and that all leads into another email we'll get into later that's a much bigger rabbit hole. But as for the news... Like everything else in life, you have to evolve your opinion based on new knowledge and and new conclusions. You know, originally I thought, the news is full of crap and nobody notices. Then the human cheese puff comes out and says, fake news, fake news, fake news. And I think to myself, well, that's killed any chance of anybody ever realizing the news is fake. Because all of those who opposed him automatically assumed the news was real. All those who supported him automatically assumed the news was fake, except except for the news outlets that catered to their beliefs. And that's the wonderful thing about the news. That's the wonderful thing about beliefs. As long as it caters to what you believe, what you feel is correct, the news makes a statement that says, X is true, and you already have a preconceived notion Maybe not even based on scientific fact or on provable history that X is true, then you will question that even less. But I would say that that is what you need to question most. When any source confirms your preconceived notions, then those notions need to be tested, maybe at even a higher level than the ideals that you disagree with. Because that's the danger of belief. I mean, like faith. Faith is okay, but blind faith is a scary thing to me. 
belief is okay, but comfortable belief. Belief in something because it feels right to you, something that you can't verify, or something that maybe you feel has been verified, but there's room for question, and you don't take the time to question it because you believe it, then you're just as guilty as those perpetuating something they knowingly know is fake. Now, we look at the Rogan incident, you know, you look at it from a lot of angles. I don't look at it as Joe Rogan being the end-all, be-all, being correct. Because he's wrong. He's often wrong. And sometimes admittedly so. Sometimes I think it just slips by his radar. Sometimes maybe he's too caught up in his own beliefs to admit he's wrong. Uh, one of those three emails mentioned uh, Russell Brand. Well, Russell Brand is no different. Russell Brand has a really good approach on his podcast, and I, I like how he does it. I'm not an avid listener, I'm not going to lie, but I do listen often. But it does not make him the expert or the king of the world when it comes to information. It just means he's important to him to be informed, and he tries to be so. And he, he asks questions that are uncomfortable. Now, as for Sanjay Gupta's opinion, well not really going to listen a lot to that for a couple of reasons. One, there were obvious times that he should have admitted the fault and wrong in CNN and didn't. Now, there were obvious times that he should have defended CNN and did. The problem is there's no in-between there. There's no balance. There's no defend when needs to be defend and not defend when they're clearly in the wrong. Also, I don't expect anything out of news organizations who are sponsored by Pfizer. And that's most news shows. There's a very interesting clip floating around that shows you the ending or sponsor screens from all of these news broadcasts who are sponsored by Pfizer. And it is the vast majority, all of which push Pfizer, Pfizer really well. But again, that gets into another one, another email we talk about later. But as for the news... You say, why are you not attacking the news? Why are you not saying these things? Well, just constantly attacking the news will get you nowhere. That's one issue in itself. But the other is, what's the real problem? What is the root of the problem? I mean, if the news is the root of the issue, then you address the news. But if you want to look at the situation realistically, the news is not the root of the issue. The root of the issue is clearly people. I'm not going to change people. Have people changed me? Yes. Have people convinced me of things I did not believe in before? Yes. Have people convinced me I'm wrong? Yes. Do a lot of people do that? Of course. I'm not special or unique in that way. I'm also not capable of always knowing what is true and what is false. It takes work, it takes research, it takes curiosity, and I don't always have it. I don't always have it on every issue. And sometimes I may have it, and it may be a detriment to me. There's other things in life I should be more focused on than proving or disproving the news. And Maybe that's a fault of mine. It's definitely a fault of mine. It's a fault of mine that I've learned to... I don't know, overcome, if you will. Look, people are going to intake what they want to intake. And they're going to process it the way they want to process it. 
some people want it all to be true because it fits the narrative they want to be true and some people want it all to be fake because it goes against the narrative they want to be true the news is entertainment the news is opinion the news while it should be what we hope it to be can I prove that it was ever that can I prove that the news was ever unbiased and and unwavering in its pursuit of the truth no I most certainly cannot hindsight is easy but what you can't get from hindsight is the social dynamics of that time I can't speak to the social dynamic of the 60s and there in turn I cannot speak to what the news was I know this for people to say the news used to be a upstanding vessel for the truth well there were a lot of attacks made by the news against people of the counterculture, people who didn't agree with politics or things of the time. So it's hard for me to believe that that's always the case. Actually, y'all like those all those extra noises. I was different that I would have to say the news has always been a little biased. It's going to be biased. Not just to the majority, but it's going to be biased to the segment of the population that provides it with its main income. Oh, excuse me. The news, obviously, is a business, and that's how a business works. No matter how you explain that to people. They refuse to understand it or address it. So therein the people are the problem and not the news. The news is not canon. The news is not gospel. The news is not doctrine. Or doctrine, I'm sorry. It, it, it's not infallible and it is not to always be believed. That is common sense. And I will tell you, of all the things that you can teach a human common sense may be impossible. So it's lack of common sense for me to address this issue with the news and expect it to change indoctrinated people. Just like people like myself who went a long time never believing any aspect of the news without considering that some things have to be accurate. They have to have some sort of balance, otherwise it would fall apart. I was indoctrinated to that thought process. But mainstream media itself, I do not need. The loss of Vice and their kind of turn to that type of journalism and reporting is sad and tragic. But they're not the last great hope for news. News is, at its essence, ideally just information. Factual discussion on current topics. That's what I want the news to be. I think that's what people project the ideal of the news to be. But that's not what it is. But that's not to say you can't find factual information and data 
on current things. So, to answer that question, it's simple. It's very simple. People, not the news, are the problem. But it's not my problem. And it may not be yours. Who am I to say that someone has to be responsible and approach things in that manner? There's many things I'm not responsible about. There's many things that I should approach in a vastly different manner. So, to each their own. If, if you feel in your heart of hearts <clears throat> that the information you're receiving is accurate and good for you, that's so be it. I mean, am I never going to do another podcast about something I heard on the news that's ridiculous? No, of course not. You know it'll happen. But am I going to address it every week on the show? No. Where's the value in that? Because there is none. If you don't know the answer to the question, there obviously is none. Now, Malik a gentleman who's written in numerous times. Malik has sent me messages for months now asking me to address COVID-19. And I'll just be honest with you. It's an automatic pull-down from YouTube if I do that. It's backlashes in other areas if I do that. And, Malik, I'm not an expert. Uh, you sent a message last week about the shot. And let me do an episode on the shot. Why? Why should I put out my personal opinions on the shot? There's no real value in those opinions outside of their opinions. There's not enough knowledge there on my part. There's not enough scientific data there on my part for me to say X, Y, or Z. It's a fruitless endeavor. One that I would not enjoy and one that would prove nothing. I can tell you my own experience. Took the first shot, had a reaction, can't take the second shot. Now, am I excited that Mert, the producers of Ivermectin, are working on a new, uh, possibly prophylactic, as well as treatment, pill for COVID? Yes, I am. I am. Um, am I unhappy that it, all the funding was subsidized by the government for all of the development and it's going to cost a ridiculous, exorbitant amount of money for the medication? That angers me greatly. I don't, I don't understand that. I don't. But, what do I do at this point? I've had one shot can't get the second. I've had to have tests done and all that, which means I can't get a booster. Upon getting the shot, I could still get sick. I could still spread it. I could still die from it. Now, Malik, you mentioned the studies out of Israel and Great Britain. Uh, and the studies state that there's more deaths in those areas of people who are vaccinated. In the areas those tests were done in, based on everything I looked up, more of those people 
on percentage were vaccinated. So as the number of vaccinated people grows and the number of unvaccinated people decreases, the number of deaths, because it can happen either way, will be substantially higher in whichever portion of that population is larger. It's a hard test to wrap your head around. You need a control, and for that control, it, I would assume it would need to be a area and a population almost identical with no vaccinations and an area with all vaccinations. And, and, and you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to do with that information. But that's my situation. I don't know. You know, there was a long time when people really first started getting the second shot that most of our infected at work on other crews and stuff were most definitely vaccinated people. I would have to say now that that's quite the opposite. Most of the people that I see getting infected are unvaccinated. So I don't, I don't know. Now, as for the long-term effects of the vaccination, no clue. I don't... I've read papers. I've looked into research. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't have the mental capacity to decipher that and give you an intelligible answer that would be accurate and valuable. And that's the thing about statements and opinions and discussions and and even a topic like this on a podcast. There's got to be some value to it. But there definitely needs to be truth to it. Because if there's not truth to it, then am I not the same thing as the news that I do not like? I may not be a reporter. I may not be the news. I may not should be held to such a standard. But if I'm falsely spreading information I can't personally verify, then what's the value in what I have to say? There is none. You've also asked numerous times, but more emphatically in the last week, how do I feel about ivermectin? I feel that a big discussion needs to be had about ivermectin. And I sent you uh, the article from um, the Wall Street Journal, and I sent you the study, the case study done on ivermectin. Um, The only way I could discuss ivermectin is to have someone more experienced than myself come on and discuss ivermectin. I know four doctors, local, fairly local, uh, some very local to me, some within a state of me, uh, or into the next state from me, who commonly still prescribe ivermectin. Uh, it has to be requested by the patient. They can't prescribe it for COVID-19. Having said that, um, they don't want to talk. They don't want their name out. They don't want to discuss it. Now, I know one doctor, because let's be honest, I don't know any of these people really well personally except for one, and I don't know that many doctors. So this is no reflection on my what I'm trying to say but I know one doctor who emphatically says no will not prescribe ivermectin they are willing to do the show but I have no counter for them because I can't counter it and 
a statement I've said that's got me great hate over the last year, and I welcome it, and I have no issue with it. If I'm speaking on medications, speaking to a doctor is very informative. Speaking to a pharmacist, probably more informative when it comes to medications and, and what they do and, and, and I think the two together would be a better thing and I'm on the opposite in there. I have one pharmacist who will not be interviewed who has a very strong opinion on ivermectin and its use uh, a, a positive in his eyes uh, use of ivermectin against COVID-19. I don't know any other pharmacist. I know one peripherally but not personally um, and don't know how he feels. I don't know this person personally. They've reached out to the uh, to me via email and via Facebook, and so I know that they're a real person. But you know, I could have them on with the doctor who will not prescribe, but they won't do it. And you know, there's I'm an, an naturally untrusting person, so I. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that in a realistic way. Um, why? Why do you? Why will you not be interviewed? And I've gotten the same response from all these people who don't know each other. Our careers are on the line for something that we believe based on. Really, I would have to call it anecdotal evidence because, but based on what they've seen in their practices. So you know. And ideally, the best course of action would be two infectious disease doctors who differ in what they believe. Now, in the last year, I've worked with a couple different companies, and COVID's obviously been a big topic, and in a couple of those places, they have actually employed infectious disease control doctors to help them with their COVID programs. We get COVID training through OSHA, uh, WHO, things of that nature. Um, I, I don't, you know, I can't find, one, I don't know these people personally. I've only had brief contact with both. Both of them feel the same way. Uh, but they also feel a way that would probably not be conducive to them being interviewed because they both are not real high on the vaccine. They're both very high on ivermectin. And hydrochloroquine, I think it was. And, and, and it's odd to me. They're both uh, mRNA-based in what they fight, and, and they're both malaria medicines, and they've both been linked to this. But... The only thing I find with ivermectin online is what it can do in vitro. And the issue with what it can do in vitro is it, it can stop replication of COVID in vitro, but the levels of ivermectin it requires to attack at that efficiency in vitro is exorbitantly high, in my understanding. So, now I don't know if the human body affects that process and maybe requires... I don't know. And and that's, that's the issue I don't know. It's something that someone more educated than myself and someone with the resources to have doctors and pharmacists and um, 
you know, infectious disease control specialists and doctors needs to do. And I can't do it. And and for me to really do anything other than just speculate and say what I've heard and what conversations I've had would be valueless. And understand that my speculations and what these doctors have told me and, and on either side has no value because they won't come on and validate it. And I know one of them listens, and I implore you, please, if you really feel that you're correct, ask yourself if it's worth worth the gamble that you say it is to speak out. Because if it's not, then how sure are you really about it? And I, I know that may not seem fair, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know that I would do it if I was in their place. That's being hypocritical on my part because it's your livelihood, and you know people are wrong sometimes. And sometimes being right isn't the best place to be uh, for your career, especially uh, early on in the process of being right. Um, but the main thing in regards to the shot and the ivermectin and all that is personal choice. I, I, that is one thing that I can validate and I can back up and I can with confidence defend. I never judged anyone that didn't go and attempt to get their shot like I did. That's personal choice and I support it to the end. You know, if, if this was more akin to the mumps or measles vaccine or even more akin to the flu shot with more um, data and time and research and trials behind it, I might be a little harsher, but not much, because it's still personal choice. I did not always get my flu shot. Um, and there's been years since I started trying to get it that I don't get to get it, because of various circumstances or laziness on my part. Um, I'm not going to judge somebody for that, and I'm not going to require that they do that. Freedom, personal freedom, is the gateway to group freedom, and I'm big on freedom in general. So I, I, I'm never, never going to say that I feel that that's required. You know, um, I don't know. Uh, a very cool email. Uh, Maria St. John from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hello, Maria. You said I could use your name and your full name, and I'm very happy that you emailed. I'm very happy that you're listening. And she wanted me to mention where she's listening from. Um, she said, I only ever speak about the area I'm from, and she's afraid that I'm under the perception that that's the only place I'm ever listened to. Uh, I'm driving. I will not do anything and drive. I have a headset on. Um, I can't look it up right now, but I know I have listeners in Germany, Italy, Spain, and there was another little oddball country, and I say oddball in uh, terms of I didn't expect it to be up there, but I do have listeners other places. Uh, I haven't checked the U.S. map in a long time. Uh, for whatever reason, I did really good in Ohio and um, 
I want to say Virginia or West Virginia for long. And the Virginia or West Virginia doesn't really surprise me. Um, but the Ohio kind of got me. But I had uh, not all states, but I had probably 15, 20 states uh, that I had listeners in last time I checked it. And I thought that was cool. So I, I know people are listening from from other places. And, um, you know, I thank you. I thank all of you for doing that. But uh, she wanted to discuss my opinions on two topics. One, Florida and their policies with COVID. I don't, I don't have an opinion. Um, Florida has the right to do what Florida wants to do. Kentucky has the right to do what Kentucky wants to do. And Texas has the right to do what Texas wants to do. And so on and so forth. And if you do not like the direction in which your state is going... It may not happen the first time you do it. It may not happen the second time. It may be a lifetime endeavor, but vote to change it. Uh, and, and try to speak up and have an opinion on it. But myself personally, um, when I look up things on Florida, it's the things that your amazing, beautiful people do. Um, and, and not always in a positive light. I'm not going to lie, and I'm not being disparaging towards Florida. But Wow. You guys got some people that are out there, and I love it. I love Florida stories. I love all those things. I think it's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Um, and and I greatly, greatly enjoy uh, the entertainment that your state provides for us. But I don't. The other question was uh, the Brian Laundry uh, case. Um, Killed his fiance Gabby, went back. Now, I seen this morning, uh, just peripherally while scrolling through social media and checking stuff for the podcast, they apparently have found, uh, is it Landry or Laundry? They've apparently found this gentleman uh, deceased. don't know if he killed himself. I assume so. Um, I don't know a whole lot about the situation. And... It's not that it's not an important situation or a serious situation. Uh, I'm on a, a decent-sized project that's winding down, and um, I'm not getting to be with my family as much as I'd like to be. So most of my spare time is work-related, podcast-related, or most importantly, family-related. Uh, I'm on my way home today. I've got a little bit of work to do. I get to go home and see my wife and kids. And... I'm excited about that. It's Halloween party weekend. We're having a Halloween party this weekend. Uh, something we've tried to do fairly regularly uh, for the last long time, last maybe four or five years. And there's been times we couldn't. Obviously, we couldn't have it last year. Obviously, this year it's not going to be a bunch of my, you know, a bunch of kids. We're not going to invite a bunch of my son's friends. It, it's going to be a really small, intimate deal, but we still get to do it. He still gets to dress up. We still get to dress up. He's probably past the age of trick-or-treating, but I'll never be past the age of dressing up. I get to be Peter Vakeman, uh, the Ghostbuster, Bill Murray, this year, and uh, I look forward to that. Extremely, extremely look forward to that. You can hear the side-by-sides and four-wheelers. They pass me as I leave this state, a state that's uh, uh, economy is booming right now, apparently, due to these, the situation. But, back to Mr. Laundry Landry. I, the guy, I, 
really shouldn't even mention the guy's name and validate it with any value whatsoever. I don't know the situation. Uh, I'm glad that he was at least found. Uh, if he's guilty, it doesn't bother me that he's found dead. I, I don't, you know, I've said things like that in the past and kind of been attacked for it. I don't, I don't really care. You know, I eat up the negative emails. Um, doesn't bother me. I find it fairly amusing. Um, maybe there's a situation we don't know about and he's innocent. And in that case, it's a tragedy. Um, but I don't have the right to judge one way or the other because I have no clue. No clue whatsoever, really, what happened yet. And, and hopefully that'll, that'll come out. It would have been a lot nicer if that came out via him giving some sort of a confession or some sort of a defense. Uh, you know, it, it seems highly unlikely that he's innocent. But uh, stranger things have happened. So, you know, I'm not going to say it's not possible. Uh, any, absolutely anything is possible. Um, it kind of is what it is. So I, I'm not being dismissive of your questions. One, you, you know, and, and look, if this case, if I had time to sit down and look at this case, and, and I'm going to take your email as maybe a suggestion that I should, um, maybe I need to sit down and look at this case. Maybe this is a case that would warrant a a whole episode or further discussion. Uh, and I really am going to look at it in those terms. As for how Florida's handling the pandemic, I'm not going to say I would never cover how the pandemic was handled or things of that nature. For someone like myself who's not an expert, you know, that 2020 hindsight would be a lot more valuable in that situation because I could look back and go, okay, this is what we know. It's what we know we did right. This is what we know we did wrong. Um, I don't. I don't see, you know, I don't really, I know they've been very open, and I know they've, uh, they have allowed a lot more than maybe some other places, I don't know what their numbers are, uh, and, and that's an issue, that's something I don't mind to be upfront about at all, um, I don't trust the numbers in the United States. Uh, I'm not saying that I think the numbers are greatly exaggerated, I think, a lot of the numbers are very, very inaccurate in forms of deaths and positivities because I've mentioned on here numerous times, I have examples of all those, and a lot of them very personal that I know to be true and know to be factual, and some that I, I just believe based on the merit and honesty of the person who told me. And some of those things CDC has come by and said, well, we were wrong about this, we were wrong about that. On the other hand, you have to, you, you know, to be accurate and fair and honest, you have to look at, for whatever reason, we couldn't test properly in, in a high enough volume, and it should have been extremely easy to do. So a large majority of people, probably a large majority of asymptomatic people, didn't get tested. And therefore, it's also possible that a large, a large group of people who passed away from COVID, but COVID was not suspected or there was issues with the test. And, and so, you know... Those numbers may be just as high as they say they are, or they could be higher, or they could be substantially lower. We don't really know. The problem is the numbers are really inaccurate. And I think that we can balance that out by going back and looking like the guy in Florida 
who got in a motorcycle accident. He had had COVID, so therefore he'd been on the registry. He was still on the registry because it was under 30 or 60 days, whatever it was. As a motorcycle accident, dies from the injuries of the motorcycle accident, and it is counted as COVID death. Um, you know, there's there's going to be situations like that. But we, we can go back. We know that now. That's one. You know, there's some we're going to miss. But with time and with an increased amount of testing, which is, again, something cheap to produce, cheap to do, um, and should be made fairly readily available. Um, not every week, because that would be dishonest, because I've not had to as of late. There's been large chunks of time working out of town that I do a home test on Friday before I come home to my family. I do a home test on Sunday before I come back to the workplace. And if I feel even remotely bad, I go to a drive through at a doctor's office and do a send-off test. Not been positive yet. Never been checked for antibodies, but not been positive yet. And... I don't regret one of those tests because if I'd have took it home to my family or brought it out to work because we've had breakouts at work. We, you know, I've uh, been very fortunate in my home that we've not had any, but we've had breakouts at work. But we've been pretty good, uh, especially as it ramped up and really started ramping up a month or so ago. Like, we went a long time that we literally went nowhere. Again, I mean, just as bad as it was when the original... Um, lockdown happened, except I was working instead of home. Um, you know, so I don't I don't know how Florida is approaching it. I, I, I really don't. And what do I know about how we need to approach it? I don't think, any, that the issue is I don't think anybody knows right now. And I, I do prefer to err on the side of caution. Uh, I will say this, and I can say this comfortably. I prefer to err on the side of caution. I do not support the ideal of vaccine IDs and passports at all. Have not, will not support that. And I mean, just because it's a personal right and a personal freedom. And, and what about me? You know, I've got concerts coming up the end of this year into next year that I'm not going to be fully vaccinated. Are they going to let me in? I can't help I can't be fully vaccinated. And... So I, I don't I don't believe in that, but you know I don't believe we can turn around and have Lollapalooza, and then turn around and say that a church gathering is not recommended or allowed. And, and anyone who knows me, um, I'm not a religious person. I don't go to church. Um, I'm an extremely proud and uh, vehement defender of the separation of church and state and believe it is one of the most important foundations to any country and would recommend that to any country, especially Muslim countries, uh, Islamic countries, uh, Iran example, who are led by religion and not by uh, fairness, freedom, and equality. But, you know, there, there's things we're doing that don't make sense to me. Um, and... I'm, again, I'm driving. I only have the the emails that I wrote down, and I wrote down very brief explanations. It's because I knew I was driving, and I wanted to give you guys an old school 
episode, but there's been a lot of emails about masks. And I'm trying to cover everything I've not covered in a while, or everything that I've avoided covering, or everything that maybe I'm not qualified to cover. I have drowned myself in information on masks. And I'm not going to sit and spit this information back out. I've put it out on podcasts before. I will say this and only this. In regards to the thin cloth masks, I don't I don't wear them. Um, N95s I've not purchased. Don't know if I could if I wanted to. But I've not purchased them right now because I assume, like all manufacturing, it is down currently and that probably needs to be in more important places than on me. Uh, I received a shipment, and I know it's, you know, I think everybody should have access to it, and they may, I don't know, but I received a shipment uh, of masks from CDC. Uh, They're black, fairly thick, I'm assuming filtered on the inside. That's the mask I use. Nine out of ten times, I do have this little thin gray mask that, for whatever reason, I can't lose it, but I can lose the regular mask at any point in time. So sometimes I do have to wear it. Um, There are times that we have our masks on everywhere that we go. There are times that we do not wear them. There is no scientific rationale. I would say behind when or if we use them as far as any thing other than how large is a group of people, how close are we going to be, you know, there's things we avoid, um, I don't know how, if you're not from an area like eastern Kentucky, a really rural area, then it may be hard to understand that really Walmart is inescapable, uh, Walmart or Amazon, and is there a difference. Uh, anytime I can shop locally, I try to do so. But let's just be honest, Walmart's fairly well put a stranglehold on that. But it's a large store, ton of people in it. Um, I will have to be there this weekend because there's necessities that I need that I can't get other places. Um, and we went months without going there, doing the pickups and things of that nature. And I think that helps, and I think it's awesome to make the attempt to, one, not spend as much money with them, and that's just a personal belief. I don't expect anybody else to to go by that. And two, um, to kind of stay away from those larger crowds, I, I see that as being a benefit if you can avoid it. Um, however, um, it, it sometimes is a requirement that you go. Uh, so when we were going, I would wear a mask. Um, I would wash my hands with soap and water. I do not use hand sanitizer. Uh, There's a lot of studies that believe excessive use of hand sanitizer does deplete your immune system, uh, just like antibiotics do for no reason, when you're using them for no reason. Um, You know, I will use hand sanitizer if I don't have soap and water. Uh, And also, I get that from my OSHA training and from my WHO training. Um, Hand washing is the preferred method. But there's been... One time, maybe in the last three months, my son has got to go into a Walmart, and that was with the mask. It was long enough to look at whatever. That's personal choices I've made, and it really has no bearing. But in regards to the mask, I don't know if they work. I don't know if they don't work. I know this. 
I'm around a huge bunch of people, and cases are up, and that mask can give me 10%. If that mask can give me 1% chance better of not getting infected, I'm going to wear it. If I felt bad, I wouldn't go out anyway. But if, if I felt, there's been times, I had bad allergies, and it's it's hard to, to determine between the symptoms of allergies and the symptoms, some of the symptoms of COVID. So there's been times I've not felt good but I've tested negative, that I've wore the mask for other people's benefits. So, I'm going to do what I'm going to do with the mask. I'm going to wear it when I feel like I need to wear it, and like I said, if it's 1%, that's enough for me. If it's, like some reports have been, 20 to 60%, why would you not? If I'm not feeling good, I'm going to stay away from people. If I'm not feeling good and I'm testing negative, I'm going to wear a mask. If it's 1% chance I'm not going to hurt somebody else, it's worth it to me. But, I am not going to ask that you wear one. I'm not going to require that you wear one. And I would fight anything that required someone to go against personal beliefs or freedoms to have to wear one. Now, if a individual company requires that you wear one, it's simple. You either wear it because A, you agree, or B, you need the service. Or you don't wear it because A, you disagree, or B, you don't need the service. And if you vastly disagree with them doing that, then don't support them financially. That's the greatest thing you can do. The Facebook post will not change their mind. Plus, Facebook posts will get taken down if they question any mainline doctrine. And I say that because we worry about fake and false information on Facebook when the news is providing it all the time. Uh, I believe in the freedom of, of people to say what they want on Facebook. You don't have to like it. If anything, it's a good insight to who those people are and what they believe. But I understand also that Facebook is a business and has the right to determine if and how they regulate what's posted. So I did an episode on that. You can go back and check that out. But I do wear a mask often. It depends on where I'm going, what I'm doing, who's there, how many's there, and how I feel. And I don't have an issue with masks. Um, there's been one or two instances that a mask has smothered me, and that's probably more my anxiety than the mask, uh, or possibly my allergies. But for the most part, I don't even know I have it on. I really don't. So you know, it it, it is it is what it is, and and that that's the thing. It's a common sense discussion. It it doesn't have to be a political discussion. It doesn't have to be a indoctrinated argument from side to side. It's just do what you want to do and understand the repercussions of each. I mean, that that's the best I can do with it. Um, you know, my favorite email came from Alex and Alex basically wanted to say, how offended were you by the new Dave Chappelle special? Well, Alex, um, I'm going to be honest. On a level of 1 to 10, 10 being the most offended you can be, in regards to the new Dave Chappelle uh, special, I'm at a negative 5. Um, a couple reasons. One, anything can be joked about. There's an episode on that. I believe it's a driving episode. I believe it has the noises that apparently some of you all love so very much. Uh, two, uh, it's extremely funny, and three, 
I didn't sense any hatred or ill will whatsoever on his part. Just didn't. I don't know. You know, I... Um... There's different forms of stand-up comedy for me. For me, there's the Eddie Murphy of the 80s. And it's more akin to maybe the Martin Lawrence of the 90s. And it's more similar to maybe the more... Not PG, but the more politically correct... um, Kevin Hart and the more outrageous um, Cat Williams of today. And I like all of those stand-up comedians. You know, I mean, you've got your your Stephen Wrights and guys like that that are quirky, and and, and I like them. Um, You've got your Joe Rogans. I I, I like Joe Rogan. I like his podcast more than I like his stand-up, but, you know, it, it... it doesn't even really delve as much into that area that that Chappelle does. But if we look back at Lenny Bruce, and we look at George Carlin, two people who, it, it was almost commentary, social commentary and reflection, and, and kind of looking at where we were as a country and as a society and as a world. And there were more aspects of cultural discussion and societal issues and and it was really a reflection and almost a commentary and I think Lewis Black does that really well Um, but it wasn't that it wasn't funny they're some of my favorite comedians and I believe that Richard Pryor really did this same kind of method at times but did it just in this amazing way that was purely Richard Pryor and I really feel that that's what Dave Chappelle does and does really well. He does this social commentary and he does these discussions and he does kind of this uh, thought exercise like I like, but he does it in a funny manner and he, he, he does it extremely well. And he will say things that may be unpopular or, quote, offensive, but someone may need to say them and there may need to be certain discussion about it. There's some things he says that are just completely ridiculous and off the wall. Um, I don't think he's a hateful person at all. In any way, shape, or form. Um, I think he is an honest person. And I think he's a thinking person. And I, I have to respect that. I obviously am not transgender. I, I can't speak on their behalf and how they felt about it. And I shouldn't. And I shouldn't say that they don't have a right to be offended. And I shouldn't say that they don't have a right to question it. But I can say he doesn't have a right to be cancelled or shut down or be quiet. Even if I disagreed with what he said. Even if what he said was the most hateful things ever. Because I don't know if you people have listened to all of his specials, but there's a lot of stuff in there about hillbillies. There's a lot of stuff in there about rednecks. And Joe Rogan said something the other day about a study out of Kentucky and made fun of Kentucky. It doesn't offend me. It's comedy. It's humor. And stereotypes can be funny. And I don't, I don't have an issue with that. But I don't feel that he attacked a group of people I believe that a group of people don't like that he won't submit 
And I don't believe this is necessarily transgender people. I believe this is what they call, quote, liberals in today's day and age. And see, I, I would very much myself consider George Carlin a liberal. I would consider myself an actual liberal. But I, I, I would not consider cancel culture actual liberal people. So, I didn't have a problem with any of them. Thought it was hilarious, and I recommend you watch it. I recommend you watch the entire series of the Netflix specials. Uh, Sticks and Stones was excellent. Um, was it The Bird? Whatever was unbelievable. Um, it as an entirety was really good. Do I think it was the best special out of all of them? No, but I think it wrapped them up nicely. And I've enjoyed it immensely and you tell a joke about Eastern Kentucky I'm probably going to laugh if it's funny I'm definitely going to laugh if it's funny and you know it, it's everybody laughed when he really made jokes on Chappelle's show some of which were not kind and flattering to African Americans but everybody laughed because he was an African American he wasn't attacking his own people, obviously. He wasn't attacking himself completely. You know, some of it is self-deprecating because that's kind of what comedy is. But it's not meant to be pointed towards a complete hatred. You know, the, the black-white supremacists. It's not him saying there should be more black-white supremacists. But it was okay when he done that. And when it got pushed too far and he walked away, he was insane for doing so. Well, what he's doing now is nowhere near what they were asking him at Comedy Central to do and be. But he's getting more heat from it. You know, I, I Malik once told me, it's okay to be black and be an Uncle Tom for most of, and Malik's an African-American gentleman, for most of society. But if you're black and you address any other portion of society then you're a critic or a hate monger. And that's not fair. But I can see instances where he's correct on that. And big shout out to Malik. Never a week goes by that you don't contact. And you've been here a really long time and you found this podcast by coincidence. And I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate all the people that listen to almost every show. I get feedback from certain people, from Mandy, uh, from Goose, uh, f from Mug, you, you know, on, on episodes. And I appreciate that. Like, that's, yeah, I know these people personally. I don't know Malik personally, but I feel like I do. But still, like, that's a big, and I appreciate all your emails. And it's not that I skip emails because I don't like what you wrote. Or, there are weeks that, Literally, it may be one email. It may be Malik. And there are weeks that it may be 10 emails. And there are weeks that it may be 20. And sometimes those emails are time sensitive and I don't get to make an episode that week or I don't get to include it in that week or I've already recorded that week. And I don't ignore those emails because I don't enjoy them and appreciate them and, and I truly appreciate them because it's some sort of validation. You can't talk back. Um... To me on Talk Junkie. But it's your way to respond. It's your way to get your thoughts in. And 
even if I completely and totally disagree with them. Because I'm going to completely and totally disagree with most of the things that Mug sends me. Because he's the best troll to ever walk the face of the earth. And he's doing it on purpose. And I know, even at times when I know he could not possibly believe what he says he believes, I, it still even frustrates me. And then I have to stop and stop engaging and realize... that it's mug being mug and you know like I said it's not that I don't enjoy it I do enjoy it and I don't enjoy it just because he's him and he's a good friend and I, I respect him and, and just vastly enjoy talking to him but it's also the validation of someone interacting so keep sending the emails it's talkjunkie at gmail.com but the Facebook page I stayed away from social media for so long and some people think I've sold out because I've went the route of social media. And some people believe that I shouldn't have done social media, but I did. And the Facebook page is doing okay. But so many of the people that email in and so many of the people that I've had contact with, I don't see on the Facebook page. And I, you know, people like Malik reached out. I don't do social media. You know, I understand some of you don't. I didn't for a long time, and I understand why. But... I only really use it for the things I truly enjoy and the things I really want to see. So maybe you could do the same thing and just get on there and get on Talk Junkie. But check out Talk Junkie on all the social media. Um, check us out on YouTube. The YouTube page is never going to be possibly what it was or what I wanted it to be. Uh, I see, still seeing the emails. Hey, I made this comment. It's gone. You know, I've watched this. So-and-so's watch this, and so-and-so's watch this, but it has no views. I understand that. I'm not worried about the views. If, if if you're sending comments and they're not making it through, then, you know, send them via email. Send them to me via email, and I'll, I'll get them that way, and at least you'll know I've got them. And, you know... That, that's enough for me. Check out Retro Cult. It also has a Facebook page. Uh, for either show, you can check out Author J. Perkins on, or maybe Author J. Perk. Not 100% sure, but I believe it's Author J. Perkins on uh, Instagram. Uh, I'll post some things here and there. Um, I just did an interview for uh, Homegrown podcast with Eli from Function 94.3. I forget to plug him all the time, but like I've said a thousand times, it's because I consider the guy, you know, he's he's done what I want to do. He's doing it for a living, and, and I guess I don't put myself on that level and our show's on that level, but it was me and Goose from another show we do called Believe It or Not, and uh, you can either hear Believe It or Not on the Here to Chew Bubblegum podcast. Um, it's just a segment on that show. Or you can hear it on the Talk Junkie uh, podcast. I, I release the episodes individually. There'll be a new one released this Sunday. Um, and it's just those shows generally by themselves. Um, and so you can find it there. You can find us on Facebook as well. It's a really fun show. It's short. Uh, I don't think we've had one over 30 minutes yet that I can remember. Some of them may just be 10 or 15. It's going to be hard for Goose to keep me in check not talking that long, but I'm just really happy to get to work with Goose, and it, it's been fun doing it. Um, so, you know, the new 
last week's retro cold is out. Uh, there's some scheduling conflicts for this week, but I'm hoping to have it out this week, episode three. Uh, obviously, there's this new talk junkie. There's the interview. You can go to Foxy 94.3's Facebook, and I believe you can go to maybe it's WIFX or one of the YouTube pages and find the interview with myself, um, Goose, and Eli. Um, I was on Spooky Family. Uh, their Thursday podcast just dropped on iTunes. I was on it and had a great time doing it. Um, I'm in a lot of places. I don't really know where all I'm at because sometimes things get recorded and aired later, and I don't, I don't know. But I enjoy doing this, and I enjoyed, really enjoyed doing one of these old school, old style podcasts. And it had been so long, I just sit down with anchor with a headset on, driving and talking, that I didn't realize I went past my hour. So while I was talking about mug and emails, it actually cut me off and I had to come back in and start over again. That's why you've got this little short piece at the end of the other piece with probably some sort of ad or something in between. Um, but it it's fun doing this, and it's really fun doing it knowing that people are listening and enjoying it, and I truly thank you. So check out Retro Cult. It's up on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, check out Talk Junkie. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, and anywhere you can find good quality podcasts. I believe it's even already up on the Google Play Store. It's also on YouTube and Facebook. Again, you can check out the Instagram page, Author J. Perkins. I post things about each. I post some personal stuff, too, but I post things about each. Um, check out my books, Red Spotted Newt. Um, the only thing I would ask... Um, for the number of estimated listeners I have is nowhere near the number of reviews and things I have on iTunes. It makes a big difference, and it makes a huge impact. Go to iTunes, rate the show, be honest. Uh, one to five or four, however it works, four or five stars. I don't care. But rate it. Leave me a comment. If you listen on Anchor, do the same thing. If you listen on Spotify, do the same thing. If you watch on YouTube, do the same thing. Yeah, you know, if you if you like the show, share it to somebody. You know, share it on your social media. I'm fine with that. Whatever you want to do, any of that helps. But I've had the biggest trouble. You know, my book came out of the gate, and I thought just based on sales, I was going to get into really number one in my little niche of poetry that first week with Cold Kingdom. And I really thought I stood a good chance two or three weeks with um, creating the perfect slaves. And just to be honest with you, the biggest hindrance was reviews on Amazon. I, I, I just can't. Without reviews, you can't get traction, even with sales, and it makes no sense to me, but, you know, sales obviously have went down, the books have been out a while, but if, if you've bought one of those books, go and do it, but even more than that, the podcast, please like, share, comment, rate, anything you can do, it helps tremendously, and do the same thing for those podcasts I told you to go check out, uh, because it's, it's, it's a, a lot of work. And in some people's cases, a lot of money to put into these podcasts. I've put money in, but I'm not going to sit and act like I've put in a fortune. Here Chew Bubblegum has an amazing setup. They've done all this nice stuff. I don't know everybody's setup. You know, 
give them some love. Help them out, you know. And if you listen to the show and it's not your thing, one of these shows that I mentioned, that's cool, you know. It's no big deal, but I don't know. A lot of the emails I get ask me what I listen to, and that's why I mentioned those at first, and I didn't mention any big national ones. And I guess the thing to do... I'm just going to go to my shows on my iTunes, and I'm going to tell you what I listen to. I listen to an 80s retro podcast called Buzz in the Tower. Uh, I listen to Seth's Daily Podcast, Scared to Death with Dan Cummins, uh, Mountain Mysteries, occasionally it's Eric Nagel, Spooky Family Podcast, which is a local podcast, um, Crackpot, which is a fun little podcast, um... Pure to Chew Bubblegum, obviously. Um, Re-Unsolved Mysteries, I've listened to a couple times. That's been kind of fun. Uh, Old Kentucky Tales, Down on the Holler. Um, Conspiracy, JFK, I listened to that, and they've just not done anything in a while, and it was really good. 13th Floor, one I can't say the name of on my podcast, but it's really good. Time Suck with Dan Cummings. Um, Occasionally Duncan Trussell. Um... Random is captured, captured live when it was on, and that's a local podcast. Um, Jim Cornette's drive through occasionally. Raven Television Addict when it was on. That was a big one for me. Uh, occasionally uh, overheard at National Geographic. Uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. He doesn't release a lot. A lot of it's behind a paywall. don't do paywalls, uh, and I don't do, um, what are they called, uh, Patreons, if that's if I've got to pay for an episode, I'm not going to do it. Um, it's more financial than anything. It's more of a, a personal belief. Um, sometimes Skeptic Tank with Ari Shafir. Uh, sometimes Conspiracy Theories on Spotify. Um, sometimes Stuff You Should Know. Sometimes 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. Um... Dan Carlin's got a hardcore history at addendum. Sometimes I listen to it. Um, Jordan Peterson, as much as I like some of the stuff he does, I, I listen to his podcast from time to time, but I'm not huge on it. Um, occasionally Mark Maron's podcast. Occasionally Jim Cornette Experience. Something to wrestle with uh, Bruce Pritchard from time to time. Tell him Steve Dave every week. Uh, Penn Sunday School from Penn and Teller. Penn from Penn and Teller occasionally. Movie Crush occasionally, Smodcast occasionally. Um, but that Tell Them Steve Dave, 13th Floor, Buzz in the Tower, Scared to Death, Time Suck, Crackpot, those are every week along with the local shows. But that's what I listen to. That's that's what I like. Um, there's probably something else I wanted to mention that I'm going to forget. But uh, it was fun. It was fun doing this. And, you know... Seeing that you like it, I'm not going to be so scared to do these more often, road noise and all. Uh, I appreciate everything you guys do in support of the show, and I appreciate the emails, and I appreciate everyone reaching out and taking the time to listen. And, you know, the the way that you can monitor these shows, I know I've got 12 people that pretty consistently every week never miss a show, and that's not a lot in comparison to the number of downloads I have. And I don't know if I ever mentioned this, when we were on Spreaker and reached a thousand downloads, I told everybody we're well past a thousand downloads since I've switched to Anchor, and that's awesome. Um, thanks. Just 
I'm having fun doing this, and I'm having fun interacting with people, and uh, don't suck, don't die, and be good to people.